Welcome to the Minute 8 Gang Podcast, episode 399. I am Steve Borsch, and we are here recording at Mini Bar, and I'm sitting next to Phil Wilson. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, good. good. Uh, coming to you live. That's right from the Best Buy campus for Mini Bar, and and you are um, looking very fine in your what, my my in your Mini Bar Twelve T-shirt, my volunteer T-shirt. So yeah, um, yeah I was had a chance to volunteer and work with some folks. Uh, one of which uh, is Adrian Pierce, who is president of the board of Mini. Star, the organization that puts on Minibar and Mini Demo, have her as our guest. She'll soon. be joining us as, as our guest. Meanwhile, talk about a couple of uh, a couple of stories um, so we can get to Adrian. But just a couple of things that happened over the last week. I don't know if you uh, you know you saw them, but uh, the Mini uh, Minnesota Cup applications are now open, um, and they had a big kickoff party um, the other day. Yep. Now I wasn't able to get there, but I heard great things that it was uh, it was a huge event. This well, year, so. and this year they have four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in seed money. That's that's available as the pool. It just keeps growing. It does keep growing. So, yeah, uh, which awesome. is great because I think that the more money that can be up for grabs for those people that put in a lot of the effort to to, to make their or their uh, entries ready for Minnesota Cup, I think that's great because I, I I was always concerned early on in the Minnesota Cup's history. There was an awful lot of work to to yep. get very little return on it. But right. other than other than the, the the talking. So check that out. We'll have a link in the show notes for you to to if you're interested in, in uh, putting together an application. So uh, and then this was interesting to me. We've talked a lot about Target and their realignment and what they're doing. Yep. But you know, and we've talked a lot about what's going on with Uber. World's colliding. <laughs> well, it sounds like. I yeah. mean, so so the story is about Jeff Jones, the marketing exec who left Target just a few months ago to take the number two job at Uber. Yeah, bailed out after mm-hmm. six months, and um, and you know Uber just. I mean, it's it's like it's undergoing a meltdown. Yes, it is. Um, just from a from an employee standpoint, it sounds like a lot of people are bailing. So this is. This is not not good. You got to wonder if if it's that concept of you know um, you know my dad's got a, a barn. Let's put on a show. You know these they yeah. start yeah. Uber grows. It becomes successful. People get stupid rich, stupid out of control with what they want to do, and they don't really put a lot of thought into the planning of where the company is going. And was it is, is that, I mean it feels like that's what's really catching up with these people. It's just not not great yeah. management. Well, and so. and some policy stuff. You know, they're they're constantly tweaking the model, which they've got to do. But but um, you know, the one uh, where the driver got upset mm-hmm. with the the CEO uh, and, and had his dash cam on turned yeah. around. Um, and, you know, basically this guy went out and he bought. A, a Mercedes, or at least a Mercedes, you know, a big buck one, so that he could be one of the premium drivers. The car, yeah, right. And uh, and he's making almost half of what he was making right. before. And that's and not good. It's fine. You can tweak the model, but it's like, hey, look, if people are making business decisions based on well, on doing this, it's and, like, and that's and that's my man. discussion. My my, you know, when I've brought up the fact that here here is Uber that really kind of was a big player in the gig economy. Um, yeah, as far as really establishing the gig economy, now is looking for ways to uh, you know cut that person out that's that's making a living uh, you know doing that gig and you know ultimately Uber wants to move to you know uh, uh, you know uh, autonomous vehicles and uh, you know that doesn't really help out the guy that was is looking for something. And of course, now last night I, I believe it was last night there was a, a rollover accident with with Uber's one of Uber's. 
autonomous vehicles. Yeah, so, yeah. just not been a good week, but hasn't been a good couple of months for Uber. Not at all. So. Well, I, I just uh, just a couple of other quick tech stories uh, just to talk about generally, and then we'll get Adrian on. Um, is the, um, uh, the the stunning stuff that's happening? So we know this is, was coming with the FCC, but now the U.S. Senate has voted fifty to forty eight to do away with broadband privacy rules. So now ISPs and telecoms can sell your data, and I have to tell you, I've been running my VPN, my private internet access on my iPhone and my iPad, right. even even when I'm at home over yeah, my, over my, your own my Wi-Fi. network. Yeah. And fun facts to know and tell for everyone, private internet access has a Chrome extension. So if you don't want to have your entire computer, your entire um, uh, ah. experience being VPN, so you can have one browser acting really fast like Safari and the other one Chrome, um, uh, there's a little plug-in for it. You can actually turn on so everything through that particular browser is going over a VPN. So my question to you is, have you, and you're using private internet access, yeah. I'm using private internet access, have you have it, had any issues with slowdown as far as speed? I, uh, the only issue VPN? that I've had, well, there's always going to be overhead with Mm-hmm. With, with a VPN, VPN because yep. it's essentially creating an encrypted tunnel for right. all your all your back and forth data. So there's overhead for every packet that goes out and every packet that comes in. Um, the only thing that I've experienced is all of a sudden something like if I wake up my computer and the VPN is still active, or I wake up my device, open my device, um, it's like it's not working. Right. I'm trying to figure out, like, what, wait, what? Yeah. And then I have to turn it turn off. off turn, or turn it back on, yeah. yeah. Okay, and so, so that, I'm not the only one, yeah. Yeah, so that that has something to do with, on our case, iOS or, or what's going on. But this is this is bad because now ISPs can sell your web history. Right. And what you do and where you go. And, and uh, you know, it's... it's uh, somebody equated it with this. If you watch the evening news at 6 p.m., let's say, mm-hmm. You will notice that almost all the ads are about uh, uh, medications for seniors or, right. or uh, you know, Viagra or whatever. Because they're the only ones they're watching, the only ones watching, watching that. Yeah. Precisely. That's the demo that's watching. And as a consequence, um, people have also been disturbed when they say, geez, I just went to Facebook and after looking at at China on Amazon, yeah. uh, you know, uh, to buy China. All of a sudden, I'm inundated with China. Yeah, China, there's China ads all over yeah, Facebook, right, yeah, you know, right. and so on. Well, it's like, hey, they're looking at your cookies, and there's trackers yep. and all that. Well, just imagine that on, on steroids now, going Oof. to every one of your devices. So there is, a, we have a link in the show notes as far as, um, and, and how do you stop uh, this from happening? Talk a little bit about that. Well, one of the ways and one of the key ways you stop it from happening is you can either A, run a VPN on your sure. devices, right? like I do, because you get five devices with private internet access. Most of the VPNs allow you that. So that's one way. And then everything is encrypted and it goes through. The other way is you can actually either buy a router that has a VPN built into it. Mm. So private internet access has a third party that, that builds these routers. and Or you can download, if you're a techie, mm-hmm. you can download DDWRT, which is um, open source software. And then you just put in your username and password for private internet access. And then 100% of all the traffic coming in and out of your house is encrypted. Huh. And the ISPs can't see it. And so that's... that's Stealthy. That's the solution. That's the. I love it when you put on your tinfoil hat. Well, you look so good. It looks dashing. When well, you do it. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> my, my daughter asked me just the other day because she has a friend in Tunisia, uh, a couple 
that she knows well. She went to the U of M with uh, with the, the, the wife, and um, um, she's going to go visit them. And she's, she started asking me about how do I, if they can, if they're going to make me put everything in my in my luggage except my phone, what can I take? How can I how can I take a laptop and whatever? And what we decided upon was a Chromebook. Right. And to you? leave everything in in. In fact, I was so interested when I started looking at this because you can run Android apps. That I think I'm going to um, uh, buy a Chromebook just to experiment around. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was also moved by this story about. Uh, I, I never know how to necessarily pronounce his his name. Who's uh, you know Mnuchin? Mnuchin's yes. a dismissal of. Uh, Artificial intelligence impact on jobs. We have to say who who he is first. Okay, you say who he is. Well, he's Treasury Secretary. Yes. And so the tech community is just stunned that he came out and uh, in this interview, and, and we'll put a link in the show notes so you can watch it, um, that displacement of jobs by artificial intelligence and automation is not even on his radar screen yeah. because the technology is 50 to 100 years or more away, uh, which is scary, um, because I believe, and I think that many of us agree, that technology will have a far bigger AI will have a far bigger impact on jobs and than anything immigration we've seen before. It, you know, yeah, anything. Oh, God, oh yeah, yes. than outsourcing, than immigration, than anything will have the the biggest impact. I just sat through that chatbot, yes, and I saw how far chatbots have come. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not even, most of them are not even tied into back-end AI systems yet. They're in neural networks and all that. But imagine now you connect a chatbot with with IBM's Watson through their API. It'd be too expensive. But um, imagine that you had access to all of that uh, and how fast they, now now apply that to customer service. I know. You don't need to hire a fleet of people out of India to answer phone calls and go through scripts. You'll let a bot do it. Right. So this, so, guy's, yes, it this is. guy's smoking dope. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's scary. Uh, again, it's uh, it's you know not having foresight. So well, there's two other things just to talk about briefly, and I know we got to get to some sessions and so forth at your yep. mini bar. But um, the one big thing is is 71 percent of Android phones on major U.S. carriers have out of date security I patches. I saw this. Yeah, and and this is actually. Um, a problem because, as Tim would talk about, if he if he could have been on today, is that um, you know malware on Android is a big deal, but not if you go through the Google Play Store, for example. But the out of date, unpatched phones and tablets is a huge problem, and mm-hmm. the fact that the carriers aren't pushing these updates, and there are, and the and the various makers aren't doing these updates. So that's a big hole, a security hole in right. Android overall. But um, but that Google has specific plans now to make this more of an automated process yeah. so that so please, they can please, up please. their security. Whether it's Android or anything else, keep everything up to date. Please oh God, keep it up yes. to date. That's the, that's the number one thing you can do. Yep, exactly. Um, and then the last article here is... Um, uh, about our friends at Akamai. For those listening, if you don't know who Akamai is, they're a, they're what's called an edge network. So they've got servers all over the world. And if you're if you're a big company or you got a lot of videos or whatever, and you've got millions of concurrent people hitting your website uh, and downloading those or viewing those streaming videos and so forth, 
one of the ways to do that is you push everything out to the edge right closest to them. So if they're in Tokyo, Japan, mm-hmm. they're watching a video. It's not coming from your server in, in Minnesota right. or from California or whatever. It's actually coming from a server right there in Tokyo, and so it's really fast. And, and Akamai Akamizes. There's tags they put on all the media and everything else. They can even do with applications, and they can push it out to the edge. Well, one of the things that has been a real issue is what's called OTT or over-the-top content, mm-hmm. and it's essentially you know Netflix and Hulu and all, all right. the streaming services is OTT. Some of them are better than others. PBS has issues on the app. You know, I have 80 megabits per second down for download speed, and if I'm the only one in the house, so nobody else is downloading anything, YouTube's great and Netflix is great yeah. and Hulu's great. Acorn TV, which is British TV, right. has issues. PBS has issues. You know where you'll have the buffering and the starting and stopping. It's because they can't; their, their networks can't handle right. the, all these concurrent users. So that's what Akamai has done, and now they're pushing it into video game publishers. And this is going to be a big deal yes. because more and more of the video game content is not localized; it's online. And especially the multi-user stuff, and this is a huge thing that kind of, kind of flew under everybody's radar for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is, I think this is a big not deal. yours, not yours, not under your radar. Your radar was right <laughs> on it. Your radar was right That's on it. I'm so, right. um, let's yeah, quick cool thing of the week. Let's 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 compare and contrast because you okay. and I have both taken this plunge and actually changed our plans our mobile data plans our, ma- our mobile data for plan our entire family for the entire family after years and years and years you and I have you with AT&T me with Sprint have gone through the whole grandfathering of unlimited through yep. so we've actually taken the plunge my first bill is $30 less my next bill will be $50 less my first bill, okay, so I changed to the AT&T Unlimited right. plan, but right. I had the the original iPhone AT&T Unlimited family plan. Right. And, um, uh, you know, we never used the voice minutes. We had like 5,000 extra minutes. Sure, yeah, right, yeah, never used um, But the one thing that was frustrating to me is, is I ended up going with T-Mobile for my tablet, for my iPad, so that I could do that. I could tether it, but I, six gigs was 35 bucks a month, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so I looked at doing the AT&T Unlimited plan, and I actually had a friend who's a real analytical also make the change. And he had the same original iPhone family plan. And so when he and I really got into it, he goes, you know, Steve, at the end of the day, the only thing that that I wanted was to be able to tether right. to my phone and my iPad. So now I have unlimited data on everything in the family. Right. Plus I have 10 gigs that I can tether on my iPad. Same. And I have 10 gigs I cannot tether on my same. iPhone. Yep. And... Um, the only thing Uh-oh. that I have in the back of my mind is that Probably. Verizon and AT&T are going to be rolling out 5G. Yes. Which will be anywhere from 6 to 10x faster than True. 4G LTE. Right. And You'll have to pay for that. You'll have to pay for that. Yes. Whereas if I'd stayed on the original plan... You wouldn't have to pay for I it. I wouldn't have to pay for right. it. So that that's the only thing for the future. I agree. But the short-term benefit is... Is I think because we're going to put two, we got two tablets on it. Yeah. So it's going to be like twenty bucks less a month. But but now we have. But still, yeah, we all, we all have yeah. tethering. We yeah. have, you know the, uh, the same thing for me. But you know when it, when you talk about the five G, and I completely understand that because well you know yeah. you and I both know we all know that if you're listening to this podcast that you know that your technology is always going to be out of date as soon as you buy it. But the fact is. 
what I've got right now is is enough for me as far as even with the 4G. Yeah, you know, for, for Sprint, you know, the LTE network is is enough for me. So even if we go to 5G, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, I'll be okay with that. So well, and it's it's um, because I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah, and saving fifty dollars a month, I'm all, all all over that. So well, the only kicker is is that they have a 22 gig right um, cap on the right. amount of downloads and. Um, and when I first decided I was going to look seriously at this plan, yeah. I thought, well, there's no way. And so I looked at everybody's usage. Yeah, right. Same plan. here. Yeah. So Michelle was like 1.9 gigs. I was like 3.2. <laughs> Elizabeth you, was like 4.5. Right. And, and then, then your son Alex, is like, boom. He's like 19 gigs. I'm like, what the hell are you yes, doing? It's the same thing. It's the same <laughs> thing with my kids. It's like, you know, my wife and I use nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, and, yeah. and so... Um, uh, so I asked him, I said, what the hell are you doing? He goes, well, Dan, you know, in between classes, yes, exactly. I, I've, I'm watching videos or whatever, right. you know, and, and, and sometimes he doesn't want to be on the Wi-Fi. Or, or you know, or, you know, if my son's at the U, I know darn well that the U's not going to let a video service access their, their, right. their Wi-Fi because right. that's going to suck it up from everybody else. Sure, so, sure. so clearly they get kicked off into the data plan, but so I agree yeah. with you. So, uh, <laughs> listen, so of course, uh, uh, Let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and 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 chat with our our guest, Adrian Pierce, and let's find out more about what's going on with Minibar. Here we go. Why don't you go ahead and okay. fill and introduce our guest? Our guest today is, uh, here uh, from uh, Minibar and Mini Star is uh, president of the board, Adrian Pierce. Adrian, uh, I've had a, the pleasure of working with her uh, in a volunteer standpoint uh, and, and over signs. I'm in charge of signs. And she's still agreed uh, to come to the she, podcast. She, she's still agreed <laughs> to help me out. <laughs> and uh, she, but. Uh, you know, Adrian, thanks for taking some time out. Great sessions again this year. How many total sessions do you know? I don't know the end total, but I want to say like 110. 110. Really? Oh yeah. It's huge. It's, it's a huge. lot. Um, that's, that's why we're not eating lunch until 1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, drinking no doesn't idea. start till uh, 10, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> but uh, that, so, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you've been with Many Star for how long now? Like seven, seven years, six or seven years. And can you kind of sort of compare and contrast mini bar number one to mini bar? What is this number? Twelve. 12. I can't because I wasn't at mini bar one. Two. Or two. Three. So mini bar three <laughs> was the first time I went to just as a participant. Right. I want to say like four is maybe when I started to get to the organizing part of things. Mini bar three was at the U of M at Kaufman Union, I and remember. maybe there were like what you think 20 30 sessions yes. and it was kind of all over the place but like and it was the board everybody was writing on the yeah, board it was the legit the legit right. conference yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so that was like really exciting and I remember being like pretty jazzed up about it one specific thing I remember what that one do you remember this one laptop per child it was like this yes laptop yes. that was right. being yes. made so that's the first time I'd ever seen one so it was like one of those moments from like oh that's the real thing that yeah. I'm reading about which has happened many times at many bar um, versus now where it's like like we have 110 sessions, so you can't like have everybody show up and sign up for them in the morning. So we right. like have weeks of getting people to sign up for sessions, and then like voting on which ones you're going to go to, and an algorithm that sorts you into the right size room. And so like it's so much bigger. Dude, more, I like, had no idea this was going on. I didn't either. <laughs> I was just doing signs. <laughs> I figured it was a bunch of gerbils moving up people I around just in the room. People right? just ah, put them in a room. Yeah, <laughs> it's the whole thing. So, like, definitely we're more professionalized. I think at Mini Bar 3, maybe 
the only volunteers might have been Ben and Luke's spouses, perhaps. Um, whereas now we have like, I don't know, 70 volunteers mm -hmm. today. But you'll take anybody, as evidenced by Phil the volunteer. <laughs> it's true. The standards aren't really all that high. <laughs> so Are you breathing? Good. You're good yeah. <laughs> and it's... I mean, I have no idea what Mini Bar 3 would have cost, but I bet it was 10 times less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure, so now I'm we have sure. sponsors and stuff. Where, do you see, where have you seen the biggest growth as far as um, um, sort of the interest or the, the level of interest uh, that, that people tend to gravitate to Mini Bar 4? I mean, you know, we talk, we've talked about developer focus, we've talked about marketing focus, we've talked about business focus. You know, we, Mini Bar covers so many things. What, what has really expanded and changed? I think the business side of it has expanded. Mm -hmm. I think Minibar 1, 2, and 3, and maybe 4 were like so developer. Like they were just like some crazy nerdy developer stuff. Mm -hmm. And like it's really expanded to have like startup stuff, maybe like tech marketing and technology, social media, and like sort of those broader things. Um, so it that's good and bad. Like if you were like one of the minibar one people, like you might see less of yourself in minibar now. Um, but it, you know, it's participant led. We don't control it. <laughs> right. What's your favorite part about minibar? Hmm, that is a great question. The weird, like there's always going to be like two or three really weird sessions, and I love those are the ones I love. Like just unexpected or like some kind of application of technology that you don't even know what it means right. but it sounds cool like that's the part I like and finding out from other people like maybe coworkers that I don't know as well or other people I know in the community what sessions they're tweaked on mm -hmm. what do you huh. tell me about the tell me about the arcade that is now happening here second I mean, annual it's the second annual and I was I swear to god I was I was strafed by a drone while I was out there so <laughs> drones out there yeah drones out there very small oh, ones man. but still drones were there lasers no lasers okay <laughs> so this is like a perfect example of what's like amazing about an unconference is like we had absolutely nothing to do with that like Ian just showed up and was like there's a gamer community here and we want to show off some stuff and do something fun and like you know, obviously had some unusual space requirements, but otherwise that's just a session, you know, like he just signed up. Um, and so like, that's really just like part of our community he decided that like games is cool. Right. And there well, it is. You know what else I thought was really cool was uh, uh, the Minnesota uh, bot, the chat bot yeah. meetup that, yeah. that they wanted to have a session so that they could just talk to people and say, what do you want the meetup to be? Right. Right. And so th there's a there's a startup company that's you know the, some of the leaders, including our pal Marty Weatherall. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what was so amazing to me was that that the the things that were discussed opened up my mind to what's possible with with chatbots and what's happening in the industry. I mean, not just here's the Facebook platform or whatever. There are like 15 platforms, and there are uh, you know conversation design. Uh, discussions going on and all of these different areas and you look at that and just go oh my god and this is so nascent you know as an industry and and I was sort of surprised when I saw that as a session so you are encapsulating like my favorite thing about many of our like you're gonna come across something that you think maybe you know yeah, something yeah. about and then like it blows up yeah and yeah yeah, like, yeah wow. exactly and then like two years from now and that's common knowledge you can be like well I heard about that back in many of our 12 <laughs> yeah but here's the kicker. I, I've been around. I, I was in Hawaii when Steve Jobs introduced the Mac and to the company in 1983, and I remember telling my kids that they're like, "So, 
Well, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it feels with all the of the Cahill session yeah. this morning. With you know, the session zero was was you know, Steve was I had to be giddy because they were talking about the Gopher protocol and and yeah. the, you know what it was what the web before was before the web, and you know, Steve I just could see Steve was like, oh yeah, that's back in my day. <laughs> I, I was really into it, but I'm. You know, on the older end of things, I'm curious what like some of the younger folks if that was as cool to yeah, them. Yeah, you're right. As exactly. It was to it's like, me. Yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? You got to <laughs> yeah, there's Model T. I remember that. <laughs> but you know what's really cool though is is uh, uh, I, I sat through a session once with Doug Engelbart, the guy that invented the mouse. Wow. And he invented this. He came up with the concept in like 1962, and invented the mouse. And um, and he was describing what it was like and all of that. And and you can't really appreciate. Unless you live through it, what we have today, yeah, yeah, and and it's it's that kind of a thing. And but the same thing is going to happen to everybody who's twenty years old now. The stuff they're living through, and then at some point they'll be sitting across the table from an android, having a conversation. Yeah, you know? and this will seem crazy. Yeah, yeah it'll be like this you laptop did, be like crazy. you typed on right. a laptop. Crazy, exactly. <laughs> oh man, it's the whole Blade Runner thing. Um, so. Uh, uh, I, I, well, of course, I had mini bar. Obviously, the name comes from the bar conference. The concept mm -hmm. of really, it's an unconference, meaning we don't really know what the agenda is going to be until you get there and that sort of thing. And, and there is an, still an element of that. But I've noticed that that there are quite, aren't quite as many ad hoc sessions that have popped up. At least there wasn't this morning when I saw the board. Um, do you feel that there's that's missing? That we need to sort of rekindle that, or is or is that okay as 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 mini bar continues to evolve? Oh, I'm so torn about this. So, like, I feel like we always have to have it. Mm -hmm. Like, almost even, like, as just a nod to the roots of the right. unconference. But I do really, like, hope that it's used. But, like, when you have 110 sessions yeah. and this many people, and, like, I don't know, that's, it's a hard thing to pull off. Like, right. not, that we have a Twitter feed that's going crazy. You can't, like, follow along what ad hoc sessions yeah, are going to show yeah. up. So it becomes less and less realistic, mm -hmm. but I'm like philosophically <laughs> we still need that. We still need that devil may care organized chaos. <laughs> right. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, tell us a little bit about how people can get involved in mini bar and also mini star because you also are responsible for mini demo and that sort of a thing. So tell me a little bit about how people can get involved in case there's somebody that listens to us because we were, we innovate the, the podcast actually came out of the uh, mini demo, demo at Gogeras so, yeah. for, for years, ago. years ago. So, I mean, that uh, had to be so two thousand eight or three. Yeah. Yeah. Back when wow. we were just kids. Wow. So anyway, uh, how do people get involved? Um, so you guys are both pointing out, so you pointed out, you guys are both community supporters. This is actually a lie. I'm not a community supporter because I've well, I <laughs> failed to pay. I actually, oh, sure. I actually, just, just like those guys in the Pentagon that wear, I, wear ribbons right, that like, they didn't earn. I'm, I'm wearing actually, a badge that isn't I'm true. actually now a sponsor, but we seem to be out of... Yeah, the sponsor badges are badges gone. Badges are gone. So. Anyway, so you can become a community supporter, which some people don't know. Like, you could donate any amount. If you donate $100 or more, you get, like, the sweet priority tickets, and then you don't have to try to get the tickets that sell out so fast. And we do have special happy hours and stuff like that. So that's one way. Um, there's, like, day of volunteering. So if you want to just, like, show up and take tickets, super low commitment, but, like, a way to really give back. Like, we have 30 to 70 volunteers per event. That's a lot. Um, and then... There's a level of volunteering that like Bill does, like show up and like take something on, like make the signs or that whole algorithm I was talking about, like that's totally volunteer, open source, you know, GitHub style coding going on. If you go to sessions.ministar.org, that's totally volunteer build stuff that every year we make better and better. So like if you're a Rails person, you could latch onto that or 
a front end person. Right. Has there been any discussion about because because this is one of the things that I mean we've all gone to a million conferences, right? But what always happens is you go to a conference and you meet all these people and it's awesome and maybe you take some people's cards or you pass around email addresses or whatever, and then you go about your business and maybe you don't see them for another year. Yeah. And everybody has always wrestled with how do we bridge this conference with the next one? Or if we're going to do two a year, how do we bridge those two? And have you given any, you know, when you're talking strategically about what's next, about doing threaded discussion groups, about having, uh, you know, everybody devolves to Slack. Right. Let's do, you know, it's just like, come on, I got, I can't. There's too much going on. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, but 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 how to bridge, you know, so people if somebody is really interested again using the chat as an example, there's meetups and so on. So, you know, you in theory you could go once a month, but um, but if you just wanted to stay connected with people and and um, and what's going on with that particular category or that uh, you know, application yeah. platform set. We're starting to have conversations about this at a pretty high level, but sort of just that, like, we kind of see ourselves as being at the center of a lot of these things, and we're never going to be, like, the chatbot people, and we're never going to be, like, the UX people, but, like, we could be a force or a a tool to find those folks so that if you come into the community or you're changing your role, we can help you figure out, like, how to connect with the people that you're into. That's about as far as we've gotten. (laughs) But we we do want to be that. Like, we want to be that. So that's kind of about, like, finding your place in the community. We also realize that we only talk to this community when we're selling tickets. (laughs) (laughs) We never talk about anything else we do or, like, you know... Uh, goals that we have or things we're working on or new board members so we're in the middle of like a new rebrand and new website so as part of that we're going to try to find some place to do some blogging and like have actual communication that isn't like get your ticket right now (laughs) so we're working on it it, it's been, from, from personally speaking, it's been a real pleasure to work closer to, with you and just to see some of the behind the scenes. Obviously, not all the behind the scenes. Man, there's there's a new website. Who, who friggin' knew? You don't want to see the sausage is made? Is that what you're saying? There's so much going on, but it's been a real pleasure. You know, you and Alex and uh, and uh, Rick or Richard and and uh, geez, just everybody. Um, it's and it's. I think that the best part of of uh, of Mini Bar is and Mini Star is the people, and the people that that run the organization, but also the people that congregate around the organization. Yeah. Those that come to Mini Bar or Mini Demo. Um, it's great. Always good to see a lot of different people coming back and new faces. And so it, it is still it is still my favorite part of the whole Mini Star experience is the people that. I meet and the people that I know from past meetings. So keep up the great work. It's just, yeah. it's stellar. It's, it's stellar. I think we're just lucky. You know, this community is super amazing. Right. I feel like the same way. It's all about the people. Like, we could, you know, people could show up at something like this and try to pitch their wares at every session and it yeah. would make it gross and not fun. And, like, nobody even tries to nope. do that. Like, yeah. this community is so cool. Well, they feel like, like they'd be tarred and feathered stuff. and thrown out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and it is interesting because the the, the uh, uh, I attended this uh, Twin Cities nonprofit session. Yeah. And which one theme running through that is 
there's there's no tech advisement and consulting really with most of the nonprofits there, but um, Ginger from the Nerdery sure, yeah. was there, and uh, and she told me or told said that they were developing something that'll be a resource centric sort of thing for nonprofits, which was cool. Um, but it was one of those sessions where people got up and talked about their nonprofits, but it wasn't a pitch like here's where you can donate or you know mm-hmm. any of that. Even so, even the nonprofits, yeah. Aren't, yeah. you know, they're they're there to. It's all about okay. So here's here's they're just describing what their value prop is. And, and rather than here's what you should do and here's the action you should take and and to your point really makes a big difference yeah and it extends to like our sponsors and our volunteers too yeah. like everybody's just so generous like we fall down in a lot of places because we're volunteer run and like everybody just like is there to support us I don't know we're just lucky to well have we got and we got to do a hats off to Best Buy because they yeah. haven't here and all they just knock themselves out and that's another thing that you have no idea like how much work they do and like how much oh. stuff they go through and like and the people that are uh, here for Best Buy that's okay they make good <laughs> <laughs> they do alright they, they yeah. do okay but so uh, Monday morning you take off your mini star superhero uh, and you're back to at Lead Pages where you are doing I'm a product owner there product I work owner. with the development teams to try to figure out what we're going to build next which is a super fun job that I'm really loving we talk about Lead Pages Pages. Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast many times. Still continuing to grow. Still mm-hmm. at a rapid pace. Yeah. So, any signs of slowing down? No. So we're like a three com- three product company now, which is a big change. Right. We acquired one product and we're launching a second product. Um, so there's just like whole new problems to solve and right. like whole new areas to flesh out. And I don't know. We're just always hiring, and it's still like super challenging in a cool way. Like yep. we're just growing and things change all the time. And I don't know. I'm still into it. Well, everybody needs it. Everybody needs leads and marketing and yep. The digital and, marketing uh, space is really like complicated, and yes. there's a lot of room there. Well, yeah. It's still too hard. It's still yeah, too hard. It is. Yeah. Those, are, those are the problems we got to solve. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much for taking some time. Yeah. Go see some sessions. Thank you for uh, putting it together. Again, another great mini bar. But also, I wanted to say compliments to on the mini demo. The last mini demo struck me as probably one of the best in the last five years. Really? Yeah. I, I really loved thought it, too. it was. I thought it was really. You know, developers passionate about what they were building, showing what they were doing. It was great. Yeah. Super job. Well, that's that's yeah. all about who showed up, though. Yeah. Know, like who applied to demo. That was wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I used to tell people that um, the problem with Minnesota, this is now seven, eight years ago, the problem with Minnesota is, is if you wanted to find somebody who got it, that you wanted to hire as even a receptionist or, or anything, it was really hard to find people. But you go to the Bay Area, and you'd walk out there, and and the receptionist, you and the receptionist would be talking about artificial intelligence, and hey, isn't it cool that you can do this with augmented reality? And I mean, it was just like a totally different. That's all changed in Minnesota. I mean, now the level of of technical capability and and uh, just understanding has just gone up exponentially. Just. It was probably already there, and, and mini bars and mini demos and stuff bring people together. And, yeah. And, and I, no, I it's think kind of coalescing. A, there's a momentum. I think there's an increase yeah. in like interest in technology, and I think that's super great for us and for the state and you know for yeah. the region. Yeah. Keep it up. Thank hey, you. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thanks thank for you. making the signs. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and my crayons. <laughs> 
Discovery. Adrian <laughs> Wasn't great. she great? She is great. So let's let's uh, let's wrap up real quick. A quick look at upcoming events. Not much has changed. I did add the MHTA Spring Conference on there, which on is May 9th. May 9th at yeah. the uh, Minneapolis Depot Renaissance Hotel, yep. which has just been renovated, so that should be fun. So uh, check that out. And don't forget, um, Beta MN on the 30th of March, IoT Fuse coming up on the 21st of April. Uh, lots of things. Check it out. And then I'm sure things will happen between now and next weekend, and we'll talk about them on the Minivate Gang Podcast. Up with the-